All of those names that we sang about today are summed up in one. Jesus. <laughs> Every, everything that God is and everything that he expressed in his names in the Old Testament. Jehovah Jireh, our provider. El Shaddai. Uh, Elohim. All the names that we just sang about. Every attribute of God. The scripture says that Jesus was the perfect expression, the perfect imprint of God. And we in the New Testament sum all those names up when we say, Jesus. I love that new song um, by Charity Gale. I speak Jesus. You know, sometimes we just forget what's behind the name. That's what we're going to talk about today. I didn't ask them to sing these songs, but the Holy Spirit knew. There is a name that is above every name. Every name. It's above cancer. It's above depression. It's above any spirit of darkness or any spirit of weakness. It's the name above every name. We talked last week about Jesus whooping the devil. No, I'm sorry, two weeks ago, John had last week. That was for a reason. You know, Jesus was a common name. It was a common name. The power was not in the name. It was in the man. It's in what he did. And now when we say Jesus, he's behind the name. Amen. Amen. Are y'all ready? All right, let's get it. That great victory... The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Whew. Because of that, Philippians 2, I believe, yeah, 2 and 9, says, Therefore God has highly exalted him, Jesus. God the Father has highly exalted Jesus and given him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus... See, we make it complicated. But at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on earth, and of those under the earth, which is what we talked about two weeks ago. He didn't just win a victory on the cross here on the earth. He did that. He also won a victory in the heart of the earth. And now he is highly exalted in heaven because of it. So he, ha he gave us authority, not just here on earth. But when we speak the name, we can take authority of, of spiritual darkness. That was just way more exciting on the inside of me than it was showing on the outside of you. I mean, really. What do we tolerate when, instead of speaking the name? Verse 11 says, And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. That name being common before, because the power was not in the, in the name itself, but his righteousness when he walked the earth. He walked in such relationship with the Father God that he could say things and they would happen. I mean... 
The wind's blowing. The waves are going nuts. The boat's rocking. The disciples are scared out of their wits. You're talking about scared to death? They were. Jesus, don't you care that we're about to die? Jesus stands up and says, Shh. Peace. You heard, you heard Tanda, shh. Tanya, shushing. We do that a lot around here. We shush atmospheres. Stuff gets stirring. Strife gets stirring. Things get stirring. We'll look at each other and we'll go, shh. Mm-mm. Peace. Be still. There may be times, dads or moms, kids, in your homes, where you don't do it to the other person, but you get in a room and you say, shh. Mm-mm. We're not having that in this house. It's a covenant house. It's a blood-bought house. Shh, to the atmosphere. Because we don't fight against flesh and blood. It's against, it's against the principalities, the powers, the rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. And because of what we just read in Philippians, Jesus won that battle there. Therefore, his name means something there. It's like when the United States takes over a territory. And we go in and we defeat the enemy. When we go back in and we say, we are the United States of America, it means something. It should. Jesus has already won the battle over darkness. He's already won the battle over darkness. Therefore, when we speak his name there, it means something. His authority can be placed there. As we studied on Resurrection Sunday, he defeated the greatest foe that has ever risen up against mankind. And when that thought came to me, (laughs) we've got to understand that Satan is not God's opposite equal. I mean... We, we go, it's, it's God and the devil. It's No. No. That is, that is false information. Lucifer, as he was originally known as Satan, the devil was originally known as Lucifer, was an angel, not a God. He was an angel created by God for God. So when we see God defeat the enemy... When, when Lucifer, Satan, the devil, rebelled and got his fellow angels that were, that were going to follow him and they tried to take the throne of God, the only comparison I have to this is he flicks him like a flea. There's no battle. God is God. The devil is a fallen angel. He is a fallen created being. Don't go God of the devil. The hero and the villain. No. God is your father. And he had he he didn't even give him the time of day. He flicked him like a flea. We're a redneck church. That's all I'm gonna say. I think we just need to be reminded of that sometimes. We give him, we give the devil way too much credit 
and we give him way too much glory and we give him way too much attention. So when you catch yourself saying, well, the enemy's just doing this and the devil's just doing that, just stop. Let's talk about what God's doing. Better yet, let's talk about what God did. Go with me to Luke 10. This is fun. I love Jesus. I I love the personality, if you will, of our God. If you're making him boring, you haven't read the book. Because he is a character. And you're made in his image. (laughs) Luke 10, verse 17. Jesus is speaking and he has sent out Uh, Not just the disciples, but the 70 followers to go out and do some of the works of Christ. And it says, and the 70 returned again with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to us. See, a lot of times we think, oh, these great things just happened with the 12 disciples or the 11 disciples. No. He sent out 70, Stephen, 70. He sent out 70. And they went out, and they came back, and they were like, my goodness, you got to be kidding me. Even the devils are subject to us through your name. And he said unto them, <laughs> I just can see him doing this with attitude. Uh, yeah, guys, um, I beheld Satan fall from heaven. He ain't a big deal. I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, look, I give to you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. All the power of the enemy. What kind of power does he have? We have all. And anything that the enemy has that he's showing power in, we have been given power over that power. By the one who sits on the throne. And I looked that word power up because my brain wanted to say it was going to be dunamis. Greek, dunamis. (laughs) Explosive, miraculous power. That wasn't what it was. It's, It's... It means a force. I've given you a force. I've given you a freedom. I've given you a delegated influence. I've given you a power of authority. I've given you, oh, the vine said this. I've given you the right to act. What? Yes, that means we don't just sit here, folks, when things are happening in our world. We have the right to to act we have the right to act we have the power of authority to act we have the delegated influence to act we have the freedom to act we have the force to act we have the power to act right behold I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power 
of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That puts a confidence in us. Do you know there's people that are scared to stand up against the enemy in prayer because they're afraid it'll make the enemy mad? I'm talking about the devil. I'll say it enough ways. We'll all know we're talking about the same person. We don't want to make the devil mad. You need to do some flea flicking. That's what I should have titled this today. <laughs> we'll go back and say, what was she's teaching on? The title of that was flea flicking. We need, look, we've been given that responsibility. The responsibility to do the works of Christ. And what he took authority over and what he destroyed in people's lives... That's our assignment. If they came in and they were laden with guilt and sin and judgment, he set them free. He said, I'm not condemning you. Go and sin no more. You know you have the authority to do that? Because Satan has them bound. He has them so bound that they're so imprisoned by their actions that they'll never be who God created them to be. That's the work of the enemy. And you have authority to speak the name of Jesus there. Behold, I give unto you power. To tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, nothing shall any means hurt you. Verse 20, notwithstanding, in this rejoice not, that the spirits are subject to you. Quit acting like that's a really big deal that the subjects are spirit. The spirits are subject to you. That's part of the deal. That's just part of your identity. That just comes with who you are in Christ. He said, but rather rejoice because your names are are written in heaven. That is your citizenship. You get the blessings of that kingdom. You get the authority of that ruling kingdom. And that's where he wants our attention to be. See, God had already dealt with Satan's threat in heaven. Jesus' victory in the heart of the earth and in the resurrection was for Satan's threat against mankind. He didn't defeat the devil for God. He defeated the devil for man. He did it as a man. He didn't have to do it as God. God had already kicked him out. He had already fallen. He came as a man to defeat the enemy for man as a man. And now we get to walk in that. Man had bowed his knee to Satan in the garden. And he had made Satan, the devil, Lucifer, a little g lowercase g, God of this world, the scripture says. That he's the little g, lowercase g, God of this world. Adam did that when he bowed his knee to him. Jesus came as a man, defeated Satan as a man, so all mankind now can choose. Do you want capital G God or do you want little g God? We want capital G. We want the God, not the one that was an insecure angel. 
that didn't even succeed in his plan up there, nor down here, nor in the heart of the earth. He's a loser. We want big G God. You know, anybody today can walk down this aisle and accept Jesus as Lord, and there's not a devil in hell that can stop them. And they're not even saved yet. Just regular human beings that aren't born again yet, that haven't accepted Jesus yet, have authority over the devil. You know why? We have a right to be here. We have a birth certificate. We have a right to be here, and we have authority just as mankind. Adam could have said, get out of my garden. That's why God expects you to quit putting up with this mess you're putting up within your head. Quit putting up with the mess around you. Quit giving it your attention and say, get out of my garden. Get out of my marriage. Get out from my family. Get out of where I work. Get out of my finances. Get out of my body. Get out of my thought life. Addiction has no place in the body of Christ. And start taking some authority and quit bowing your knee to a little G. We're not going to do as Adam did and bow our knee to the destroyer, to the accuser of the brethren. These are all what they say, what the scripture says about Satan. He's the accuser of the brethren. You ever been accused? False witnessed? Stop giving that your attention. That's the little G. You're looking at the little G. Who does God say you are? Who did he create you to be? Let's get our focus back there. Let's start serving the big G God and what his word says to us and quit bowing our knee to the destroyer of our homes, of our health, of our marriages, of our peace, of our mental health, and, and our love and our joy and start following the God who leads us to peace, to joy, to health. When I was thinking about this, this is what the Lord said to me. Just when I say that, I mean in my thoughts. This is the thought that came to me, and I believe it was from God. Where we allow negativity and entertain thoughts of defeat, we have bowed to a lie. And that got my attention because I have been negative about something this week. Yes, me. Halo just tilted a little to the side. I've been negative about an issue this week. And when God said it, I knew who he was talking to. And I'm just going to throw it out on y'all so y'all can yelp a little bit with me when it hits you. Where we allow negativity, we've bowed to a lie. Where we allow negativity and we entertain the thoughts of defeat, we have bowed to a lie. I'm going to have to write that on my mirror. Jesus gave me his name. He gave you his name. Why? It was to remove, to stop the progress of the works of the devil. That's what, that's what he did. He gave us his name to keep stopping the progress 
of the works of the enemy, not just from our own lives, but from the lives of others. I mean, obviously, we have to do it in our own lives, but in the lives of others. You can be that delegated influence in other people's lives. His name means something. You know, we've often said that doing things in his name is like having power of attorney. And if you've ever dealt much in the legal world, uh, you know that power of attorney is a very serious thing. If I give Corinne power of attorney over my estate, uh, that means that she can, she can go to the bank and do things in my name. In the courts, she could do things in my name as if it were me. Because I gave her, I, I didn't, but if I did, <clears throat> I would trust her. <clears throat> if I gave her power of attorney, she would go in my name. And if what she did was questioned, she would slide that power of attorney across the desk and she would say, I have the right. I have the right to sign her name. I have the right to use her name. And so when Jesus told us to use his name and it gets argued with your thoughts or or spirit of darkness or, or situations and circumstance, You have it in writing, and we're not afraid to use it. We have a legal right to use his name. It means something. And this use of his name is so much more powerful even than power of attorney, because I got to thinking about it today. We are his body. We're not just... Representing it. We are his body. The scripture tells us we are his body. And when we, can, when we can grasp this, I don't even know that I'm brave enough to say what I'm thinking right now. Because <laughs> I, don't, I honestly don't, y'all don't have any rocks. We don't have... Could it be that when he, when he calls on you, to lay hands on the sick, that you could actually have the mindset that you are the body of Christ laying hands on the sick? What's going to happen to your faith level then? Well, then it gets you out of the way. Who you are doesn't even matter. You're just letting God's power flow through you because you are the body of Christ. You are His body. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, Now! You are the body of Christ. You're not developing into. Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular, right? It's no longer us who live. We sing this song a lot. I love it. It's no longer us who live. We were crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live, but yet not I. But it is Christ who lives in me. Galatians 2.20 tells us that. So when we use the name, it's even stronger than power of attorney. It's even even stronger than power of attorney. Power of attorney is just the closest thing we can get to it in our human brains. But really and truly, you are the body of Christ. You have every right to use the name. You are the body of Christ. 
Go with me to math, I'm sorry, Mark 16. Let's, let's look at some letters in red here, which means Jesus was speaking, if you have a version that has red letter. Mark 16, verse 17, Jesus is speaking in my name. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. It seems like he constantly had to tell them, when you go and do these things, nothing can hurt you. That's the second time we've heard that today. Jesus say that. When you go in my name and you're doing these things, nothing can hurt you. Maybe we need to concentrate on that. Maybe we'll be a little bolder in what we're willing to do. In my name, they can cast out. It's not a big deal. Somebody, somebody asked me a while back if I had ever experienced demonic activity. Yes, we have through the years. We have had occasions where we've had demonic activity. John and I, even since John's been on staff, have helped people that had demonic activity. We just stay chill. It's not a big deal. We'll get rid of that. It's not, it's not a big deal. We didn't have to have an exorcism. No holy water, no crosses, no. In the name of Jesus. It's like Jesus said, it's not in my name. You'll cast out demons. Why do we make that so far-fetched? He just said it. He just spit it out there, said it. In my name they will. You may not ever come across that situation, but if you do, don't be scared. Don't be afraid. Just use the name. The demons know the name, and they know what it means. They're whooped. They have to obey. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. Now, that's not for you to go out and be snake handlers, please. Y'all know how I feel about snakes. But, you know, whether this is talking about spiritual, uh, you know, spiritual things or whether this is talking about actual serpent, you know, Paul, one latched onto him, he shook it off in the fire and kept going. Then they all worshipped him, thought he was a god because it didn't kill him. It's just nothing but a thing, folks. Whether it's a demon or whether it's a snake, it's nothing but a thing. In my name, it will... Or if you drink anything deadly, that means for you to go out and drink poison. We're not a cult. You're not a cult. Don't go drink the juice. But if you do drink something and it's deadly, it's not going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt you. In my name they will. Lay hands on the sick. And they will recover. That's good stuff. Look at John 14. We're going to hit John 14, 15, and 16 real quick here. Because these are all the words of Jesus. 
John 14, go down to verse 12. I'm reading out of the NIV. I don't know if I told you that or not. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. I repeat, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. We will do the works of Christ. If we're not doing the works of Christ, we need to work on our believing. And he will do even greater than these because I go to my Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Mm. That's strong stuff, isn't it, brother? But you know what the kicker is? Can we do it in his name? If it's something that we can do in his name, representing him, then we can do it in his name. We can ask, and it'll be done. If it's not something Jesus would do, we can't ask it in his name. We can't do it in his name. Is it love? Because if it's not love and you're trying to curse somebody, we learned that in the Old Testament from the prophets, right? You cannot curse what God has blessed. You can't do things like that in the name of Jesus and them have any power behind them. They have to represent and show glory to the Father through the Son. If it shows glory to the Father through the Son, do it in His name. Anything in his name, mm, that's more than a magic wand right here. It's, it's, it's doing it in his name. It's doing what he would do and doing that in his name, right? Am I getting that across good enough? I want you to say, Susan's saying we can do anything in his name. We can ask the Father and, and Jesus will do it. No, it's, it's anything that he would do, we can do. In his name. John 15. You're close. (coughs) Verse 14. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants. Listen to this. Because a servant does not know his master's business. You know what Jesus is saying? I want you to know my business. You know why? Because I want you to do my business. So I'm going to call you friend. Not just, a, not just a slave here. Not just a servant here. Not just a work. No, you're going to know the master's business. I'm going to call you friend. And said, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father. I've made it known to you. If that doesn't make you want to pick up your Bible and read it. Jesus said, everything I learned from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. 
then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command, love. Love. It's a good way to know if we can use the name of Jesus with it. Man, there's so much in there. The Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Why? So we can do the works of Christ. He wants you to know his business. He wants you to do his business. And when we're doing his business, we can ask the Father in Jesus' name and the Father God will give us what we ask. comes down to a matter of, are we doing our business? Are we doing his business? Because we want to do a lot of our stuff in the name of Jesus. We're supposed to do his stuff in the name of Jesus. Now go to six, John 16. It'll be the last one we go to, by the way. John 16, verse 23. Jesus is speaking again. He said, in that day, you will no longer ask me anything. He's preparing them for his departure, okay? I tell you the truth. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. You're not happy? then we're not doing the works of Christ. Because our joy is complete when we do. Verse 25 says, Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but I will tell you plainly about my Father. In that day you will ask in my name. I'm not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me. And have believed that I came from God. He's saying, you're not, you're not, I'm not going to ask the Father for you. You're going to be able to go straight to the Father and ask in my name. Man. Man. Why are we putting up with stuff? When we have that kind of connection. There's a lot of freedom in what we can ask in his name. A lot of freedom in what we can ask in his name. If it's something that Jesus did or something that Jesus would do, you can use his name. You can use your delegated authority. Don't use it in vain. You know, we go back Old Testament, Ten Commandments. Don't use the Lord's name in vain. There's a reason. It's not just talking about cussing. In vain means useless, meaningless, flippantly. Don't use his name flippantly. That's why you won't hear me saying things like, Dear Lord. I'm not worried about saying GD. I'm not worried about what people consider cuss words. I'm, I'm concerned about using his name when it doesn't mean anything, Jesus. Oh, no, when we use that name, it's targeting something. It's doing something. 
And so I want to bring us back in and let's, let's refine ourselves in knowing that when we say that name, Mama, it is on purpose. It is for a purpose. It, is, it, is, it carries an authority and an assignment behind it. And we don't need to use uh, the name of God, uh, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Lord, any of those things that we know mean God flippantly, without purpose, and with no regard. Do not use his name in vain. There's a reason. Because then when we use his name, we need it to mean something. And if we've just thrown it around every which way in our regular vocabulary on the job or on the football field or whatever, then, then it doesn't carry what it carries when we say, In the name of Jesus! There's a difference. Now, I was raised in a home we did not use the name of God in vain. Even flippantly like, dear Lord, or, or any of those things, we, we didn't. Dear God, we, we didn't say those things. And, and I know that sounds really, really picky. But let's be excellent. Let's be picky. Actually, let's be powerful. When we use it, use it. In confident authority. Don't mealy mouth around when you're praying for somebody or taking authority over something. When you use the name, use it with authority. It doesn't, it de that doesn't necessarily mean loud. Although there are times when something's going on with one of my family members or we're praying about something that I, I do get loud. I have a little foot stomping and this is not going to be this way. And that's okay, there's a time for it. But confidence doesn't necessarily mean loud. I've been in situations, and I'm sure you have too, where you're in a place where you can't necessarily get loud, where you don't want to cause a greater disturbance than what's already there, and you can, you can say in the name of Jesus, shh, y'all are going to start shushing stuff. <laughs> Confident authority. Because there is power to back it up. And that power sits on the throne. And he's called King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So use it wisely. But don't be afraid to use it. Amen. It's a good day. It's a good day. His word is good. We've got to take it home. We've got to live it. That's what we're going to do, all right? If I need reminded, y'all remind me. And if you need reminded, I'll remind you. It's all about who you are in Christ, not about who you are without Him. Changes everything. Changes everything. Father, I thank you for these people. I thank you for your word that's come to our ears. But Father, we need to get it down in our hearts. I just ask that the Holy Spirit continue to be teaching us throughout the day and throughout the week when circumstances and situations come to mind or come across our path that we will do what you've taught us to do, that we'll rise up in that authority that you've placed us in, whether it's over our children and circumstances or disease or illnesses or weaknesses or whether it's in our marriages, on our jobs. Father, it really doesn't matter. If it's what Jesus would say, then we're going to use our authority to say it. We're going to do it with bold confidence because we can't make it happen anyway, but that it's you. And you'll get the glory for it. And we thank you for it. It's in Jesus' name that the church says.
Amen. All right. Love you guys. See you Wednesday.